Welcome to Brews News. Double G, Carlos Toro, Jeremy Feinstone. Uh, for those watching on the video, um, we're going to bring in Andrew and uh, Rich. Actually, both podcasts and video. Uh, we're going to bring those guys in. Unfortunately, and this is what happens when you live stream, uh, they have issues with the internet, so they're rebooting and they're going to get all caught up and then we'll bring them on here. Uh, first, before we actually get to some of the stuff that we're going to talk about with Carlos and Jeremy here, uh, we have a po-op for this show specifically. So uh, if you've been following our podcast, uh, all the podcasts that we've been doing this week, um, we have po-ops for a lot of them. And so what is a po-op? A po-op is a, it's a version of an NFT and I'll quickly read through how you can get this POAP. Uh, if you have the, you, you need a, uh, a, a digital wallet of sorts. It's MetaMask is the one that I use. Uh, download the POAP app on whatever mobile device that you mobile device that you have. Enter your ENS ETH address or your email address. Um, if you do not have your digital wallet yet, the bottom right hand corner there's a mint button. Select secret word. And that secret word for this podcast is Brews Weekend. So type that in, and then you can mint the POAP. Uh, if you have any troubles, fightgamemediapoap at gmail.com. Uh, and also, all this stuff is free. There is a utility involved. Uh, come Double or Nothing Weekend, we are going to unveil... Uh, the winners uh, of, of three prizes. One of them will be a cameo-style question and answer from Dave Meltzer about pro wrestling or MMA or pop culture, if you want. Another, uh, another prize is to be a guest on a Fight Game Media podcast of your choice. And then thirdly, uh, we have a physical gift as well, a physical prize, which will be a, a chair at a wrestling event uh, royal rumble or WrestleMania, whatever's available we'll, we'll pick that up so okay got that out of the way secret word is bruise weekend so fellas we are right smack dab in the middle of uh the big i guess it's it's we're still at the beginning there's tons of shows yesterday there's tons of shows today obviously saturday and sunday they're big wrestlemania days nxt um i'm gonna when, when andrew and rich come on i'm gonna focus a little bit more on wrestlemania so i wanted to talk to you guys about the Shoulder events to WrestleMania. Jeremy, have you watched anything yet? No. Today was the day that I set aside for all the indie shows, anything that I was going to watch that wasn't WWE or whatnot. I didn't have the bandwidth to get into it yesterday. I heard a lot of great things about Bloodsport, but I got I got three events in mind to watch today. Um, all right. And then what, so what are those? Uh, I think... Gonna start with the New Japan show uh, that happens at the same time as our Twitter spaces later today. Yeah. Then I'm gonna stick over to the Ring of Honor show, and then I'm gonna go over to the Multiverse of Matches over that the Impact show is doing. Uh, I'm really interested in the showcases that they have spotlighting spotlighting wrestlers I haven't really had a chance to see before mm-hmm. in uh, in profile matches. That that seems like a, a good opportunity for visibility, which I always love on WrestleMania weekend. And Carlos, what about you? Uh, I definitely paid a lot of attention to what was going on with Bloodsport. It was a tremendous show that just kept getting better and better. Some of the highlights uh, that you're seeing around on, on Twitter, it's it's just unbelievable. I would say of all the Bloodsport shows that they've had 
uh, since its inception. I would say this one may have been the best one, in my opinion. I don't think I've seen all of them, but of the ones that I've watched, I mean, this was the one that I've enjoyed the most so far. Bloodsport was terrific, and I'm really looking forward to the RH show show later tonight. I love Red Titus versus Minoru Suzuki on paper. Uh, FTR Briscoes should be a, a barn burner. I'm looking forward to that as well. So let's talk about that Bloodsport show for a second here because I thought uh, John Moxley and uh, Biff Busick was maybe the best Bloodsport match that I've seen so far. Now, I haven't, like you said, I haven't seen every single show. The memorable one that sticks out to me is uh, the one WrestleMania weekend in New York. So that was about three years ago because we got to see Josh Barnett and Minoru Suzuki. Now, that match was excellent. There was some stuff on the outside that I think some hardcore fans may have had an issue with. Oh, this is a little bit too much pro wrestling. But I thought this was the perfect mix of that style paired with the dramatic, uh, the selling, the the climax of, of a finish or whatever the finish was going to be. Biff was... You know, he was taking everything and, and not giving up because there's no pinfalls in, in events like this. So that was my favorite blood sport match so far. Uh, and there was also tons of stuff. And so John LaRocca and I talked last night on the Fight Game podcast. J.R. Kratos and Tim Thatcher, the first time I saw both of those guys was at John's premiere wrestling, which was in the Bay Area. Actually, it was in like you know, it was closer to it's still part of the Bay Area, but it was, uh, you know, the southern part of Northern California, I guess, in Gilroy. Um, and I, so I got to see those guys and we're talking going back, you know, gosh, like eight or nine years now. And so I got to see Kratos. I got to see Thatcher both doing their thing. So now we fast forward WrestleMania weekend. And I told John this was like a premiere because that was the, the name of the if it's promotion, premiere wrestling. This was a premier style match. And, and really, Bloodsport is a cousin to what John was trying to do. Now, John had ropes. Um, is really the the also the place where Jeff Cobb just kicked it into gear um, back then. But the style in which the wrestling, you know, John loves the word gaga, like very little gaga. I remember the only, one of the only times I saw him get really mad is there was a match with the almighty Sheik and uh, I forget the other guy, but like they took it all around the arena and they like broke a piece of the wall <laughs> in the, in the, in the arena. And John was just mad. He was mad because they broke the thing, but he was like, ah, you know, this is not really what we do here. Uh, John also had a tournament called uh, what is it called? Brace, brace for the grind. Or it was, it was some, uh, some like, rounds like there was was like a rounds element to it so that kratos and and thatcher match reminded me a lot of that uh kratos blades right in the middle of his forehead blood's coming down you know thatcher is is uh is doing his thing you you know it's so funny because you look at tim thatcher and he's very much a uh he looks like a mean person he just looks like a mean guy and then when you go and you know have uh, Denny's with him. He's like the funniest, nicest guy. Now I, I may have, I may have uh, ruined his mystique there a little bit, but really, really good guy. <laughs> um, okay. So what do we expect on this ROH show tonight? I know Tony Khan was on busted open 
And he said, William Regal will be there to watch the Wheeler Utah match, which plays into a storyline on AW Dynamite. And then he teased a fun surprise for this show. Can you guys, like, if you're, if you're putting your Tony Khan cap on here, Carlos, we'll start with you. <laughs> Give me a couple of ideas of what the surprise could be in your mind. I mean, these the ones that immediately popped into my head may not necessarily be the completely out-of-the-box thinking. I think a lot of people are hoping this would happen, but it makes sense. I think Cesaro and Joe, especially given their history in ROH, I think that would make for a very fun surprise at, at the end of the show. And obviously, you know, William Regal has had plenty of, uh, exp- uh, plenty of history, especially with Cesaro in back in the nxt in the old nxt days and you know and we both know and we know tony khan is wants to do everything in his power to be the absolute talk of wrestlemania weekend like he wants to sort of take over and i think anything below that barring something i don't know something huge in relation to aew uh i think going with those types of names i think they could be pretty good uh way to end the show all right, Jeremy, you, you pride yourself uh, on being at the pulse of this <laughs> stuff sometimes. And if you get this right, I, w- I will be okay with the back pat. If all you right. get this one, right. right, I will right. be okay all with right. it. What, do you I, have any I, thoughts? I was leaning towards what Carlos said, but I'm going to add more to that. I would expect to see some type of Hall of Fame class all together in some way shape or form at the mm-hmm. end of the show so i think punk being there is probably uh a, a good guess i'd hedge leaning towards danielson if he uh if that was a possibility i just think all these guys are have a lot of love for it and are buying into everything that tony khan has so i don't i don't know the nuance deep into ring of honor but if i had to lean onto something that would tap into the general pop culture it would have to be something big like the 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 hall of fame class and or cesaro and joe which okay yeah okay here's my prediction (laughs) i am going with samoa joe is going to be the commissioner of of roh he's gonna show up at the end of the show he's gonna there's gonna be something to do in the title match where we need a decision from a decision maker. And Samoa Joe is going to be that guy. Now, I also thought about this. Well, they're kind of copying what NXT did with Samoa Joe, right? He was the enforcer. He was working with Regal. And I don't think they really care about copying NXT because we have a group in AEW currently called the Undisputed Elite. So I don't think they care very much, but I would love to see something like that. You know, but Jeremy's Hall of Fame idea is great. If Punk and Danielson are there and they're kind of come on stage and they get the heroes welcome, that'll be awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if we, I mean, if we get a match with Cesaro and Samoa Joe or just, you know, uh, just an idea that those guys are going to be in the mix in some mm-hmm. way, though, I kind of wonder if if you're Cesaro, you want to work AEW. I don't think you want to work ROH. That that would be my thought on that situation. I don't know about that. I feel like if you're Cesaro and you're watching all this talent that we all see kind of bottlenecking at a certain level, and you know that your skill set is such that you can have great matches with anybody, being in ROH 
when there's a vacuum and you can fill that vacuum pretty quickly, uh, that's a great place to be. And he's the kind of guy that has been looking for an opportunity to be a top guy. Uh, okay. But okay. Now, now here's the counter. He comes from a place where he's wrestling in front of 8,000 people on TV every week. Right. Mm-hmm. When, when, when he is, when he is in, in, in a main event or, or, uh, you know, more than just, just being low on the card. This ROH show, I think they're going to do like 1,500 people, mm-hmm. something like that, 2,000 maybe. Mm-hmm. So if you if he goes from the big time, which is WWE, transitioning to AEW, which is, you know, right there as far as the big time is concerned, maybe, you know, they're running smaller buildings, but the, the news and the uh, zeitgeist of professional wrestling – that's where you want to be. We'll see what happens with ROH, but I just look at ROH as a smaller place and, and maybe a lesser version of what they're able to do pretty big time at AEW. I, I'm going to sort of maybe one of what I originally said, because they mentioned something, and maybe they, AEW gets involved. I could also see a scenario where Cesaro, uh, a guy like Cesaro comes in, and not necessarily sticks with ROH, but there'd be a lot more crossover with AEW. And I could see maybe at the end of the show, Cesaro kind of comes in and they also announce, and Regal announces, we're bringing back uh, War of the Worlds and bring and using AEW talent, like a lot of AEW talent on that show. Maybe you can bring back uh, some New Japan talent to work that show, because I know War of the Worlds is a ROH and a New Japan type of deal. So and you can include Cesaro in that way and sort of reintroducing him into the ROH slash AW audience. So uh, just to update the people watching, uh, the Matt men will be on shortly. They, they were having internet issues. <laughs> you know, Andrew's got this beautiful studio in his house, and that's where we, we record everything. Like, we're live, pal. Uh, he records Matt men, Wrestling Observer Live. And, you know, the, the thing that makes that studio hum is having workable internet and for whatever reason the internet is not working at his house so they're going to join they will join from their phones and it, it, it'll be it'll be good but just we won't have the fancy schmancy <laughs> andrew zarian touch studio that that everyone is, is used to um okay so a couple other things before i let you guys go um and and uh you know maybe maybe, maybe i'll we'll, we'll do this because we're gonna do a Twitter Spaces in a few hours. The the for the for uh, Fight Game Media, and I'm gonna lead. I, I want us to do tons of predictions. I'm gonna give people scenarios, and mm-hmm. and I want them to tell me what they think. Now, Jeremy, I'm gonna give you the opportunity. Mm-hmm. What is one prediction that you have for either night of WrestleMania that you are pretty confident on? And we'll let this be the tease to our discussion on Twitter Spaces at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific here. I mean, I'm just going to go with the low-hanging fruit. I think Roman wins the unification championship match, and uh, every every indication leads me to believe that is a foregone conclusion. All right. Carlos, do you have one? I'm going to predict that the Stone Cold segment at night one leads to, I'll be at one with plenty of smoke and mirrors, a match with Stone Cold on night two. 
Okay. Oh, interesting. This is the this is what Jeremy had predicted previously <laughs> for Cody. J- Jeremy had this idea for Cody that on night one, Cody would interrupt Seth and then they would mm. set up a match or whoever he was going to interrupt. On At night some two. point, they are going to incorporate the two night WrestleMania with a night one leading into night two event. I don't know how, but it just you got to keep this interest going and they're going to escalate it in ways that we haven't figured out before. And, and it feels weird because like they, it feels weird that they haven't already done that before. New Japan was able to pull it off the, yeah. on their first try for mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, totally. If, if they build a match for Stone Cold to lead into night two, I would say that night two is far and away going to be a greater night than night one. But if there is a longer conflict between Stone Cold and Kevin Owens, I I am hedging that night one might be better than night two. All right. So, um, you know, like I said, we'll be back on on Twitter spaces in a few hours here, and we'll, we'll talk more about this stuff. But uh, I want to leave the last few minutes before we bring on the Matt Man. And, and I'm, I'm watching Andrew Zarian put on a sports coat. He's <laughs> getting ready. Rich is is got like some fancy background that I'm trying to make out. I can't see it, but these guys are coming. They're they're, they're going to be here in a second here. Uh, but Carlos, there's some pretty interesting boxing news that has come out. Uh, you and Robert talked about the first half of that on the uh, latest episode of Pound for Pound, and that is the in a way uh, fight with uh, Donaire Part Two. Um, so talk about that a little bit. How did that get set up? Uh, obviously, they're coming off of the fight of the year, uh, at least fight of year contender from 2019. A lot of people think, you know, you're talking about pound for pound, one of the top guys against someone who's now going to be in his late 30s. So what do you think? I, I, I imagine monetarily, this is where they had to go for both both guys. Yeah. So no, now I anyway, no need to donate for those who don't know, had maybe one of the greatest uh, Bantamweight title fights in history and boxing history a few years ago in Japan. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal fight that kind of even in a loss. It kind of revitalized Nonito Donaire's career because afterwards he went on to win a, a WBC Bantamweight title. And, you know, it now is looked at as the number two to Inoue's number one. Inoue is by, by and large on his way to become the greatest Japanese boxer in history. So they're going to have a rematch uh, June 7 in Japan on more than likely an ESP, on an ESPN platform. It, it's funny. So Robert and I were, were doing the podcast. And right at the very end, I see a tweet from Amazon Prime Video, which actually has <laughs> the Japanese broadcast rights to that fight, saying, yep, it's official June 7th. It's going to be for three of the four Bantamweight World titles. It'd be WBC, WBA, and IBF. But essentially, whoever wins the, that fight will be the top Bantamweight, as if that wasn't already abundantly clear. And I mean, these are two guys who put on a phenomenal fight, and Donaire is still on this incredible resurgence. I think it's going to be, I think the rematch is going to be just as good as their first fight. And you can look it up on YouTube for those of you who have not seen it. It is just an unbelievable 36 minutes between these two. All right. And then after you guys finished wrapping up, <laughs> uh, the, the next day came out news that uh, George Combosos Jr. and Devin Haney are going to mix it up that same week, three days later, three and, days earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. Three days earlier. And, uh, that's a, that's a pretty big fight. And, and you know, people remember Combosos from, uh, beating uh, Tifimo Lopez 
uh, on the fight that bounced from Triller and back and forth, like the, the mess that that fight was. Um, but okay, so so let's talk about let's talk about that news. How big of a fight do you see that one as? So it's a pretty big fight, all things considered. I mean, originally it was supposed to be George Cambosos versus Vasily Lomachenko, but given the situation in Ukraine. Uh, you know, Lomachenko is not available at this moment, so they have to go with the next fix option. He, he and- is he is staying home to defend defend his country, essentially, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. And he's been doing that for a couple of uh, for a few weeks now. Him and Alexander Usyk were basically doing that alongside with the Klitschko brothers. Uh, Usyk uh, finally just uh, had said that he's going to be now focusing on the rematch. We just don't know when and where it's Joshua. Going to be. With yeah, with Anthony Joshua. So uh still, these are the two guys who are essentially the only title holders in the lightweight division, discounting the secondary world title Javante Davis has. But this is really for the true undisputed lightweight champion because there's been a lot of sort of in-between mess over what's considered the undisputed lightweight title between what George Cambosos has and Devin Haney has. Stylistically, it's a very intriguing matchup. Devin Haney is a very, very good technical boxer who... Has surprisingly decent power, but, you know, it opts to be more of a boxer. Cambos is a very aggressive fighter. He gave Teofimo Lopez a lot of trouble from the fir- from the get-go in their first fight um, last year. So if that's any indication, obviously that fight turned out to be pretty good. I think the rematch, uh, I'm not the rematch, I'm sorry, the fight against Haney, which is going to take place in Australia, it's going to be a, a very solid one. Uh, it's honestly a 50-50 fight. I know a lot of people are picking Haney to win this one. I think, you know, we have not seen Cambozo sort of go up against a a real world-class boxer quite like a, uh, a Devin Haney. His last couple of fights, Lee Selby and Teofimo Lopez, not exactly guys you would say are elite world-class boxers. So for those of you who, are, who want to tune in, it's interesting. The fight's going to air on... In prime time in the United States on ESPN on June four, but in Australia it's going to air on uh, on June fifth. So in the early days, early afternoon, basically, if you remember the Manny Pacquiao Jeff Horn fight, mm-hmm. essentially that where it is prime time the U.S. But it's going to be daylight out there. And how many to- how many people are going to get in that built in that stadium? So that's the in- so that's the interesting uh, narrative. So. They want to try and hopefully get to 50,000 at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. They believe that uh, that they have a pretty good chance of doing so with the possibility of breaking the Australian record, which was set by the Jeff Horn Manny Pacquiao fight, which was 51,000 and change back in 2017. It's it's quite an interesting leap to go from you know for Cambosos never headline a major show. I mean even the the zone card. It's I mean Teofimo Lopez was the A side star attraction for that one. Cambosos was just the opponent. So right. now him going to be the A side, the big draw against Devin Haney, who who's headlined some good the zone shows, some at Madison Square Garden, but never at the big garden. It never really been a massive 12,000, 14,000 uh, people in attendance type of draw. Uh, that's a big ask, but I think that they might get, I don't know if they're going to break that number, but I think they'll get close. All right. Well, thank you to both of you for doing this. 
Originally, you were going to be the main event, and and the Map Men were going to be the openers. But now we we had we flip flopped it, so the Map Men are going to be are going to be the main event. Um, so Jeremy and Carlos, I, I think, are going to, to attempt to be on the Twitter Spaces as well. And for folks listening on the podcast, you can still listen to the Twitter Spaces, even though it's a live thing. We we've created an archive for the recording, so even if you miss the live listening, you can you can uh, listen to it on uh, at Fight Game Media on Twitter. All right, fellas, thank you very much. I will see you shortly. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Let's bring in Rich and Andrew. Oh, geez. The <laughs> Matt men. Look at them. Oh, brother. You know, here's the thing. We're both in the same location. I don't know if you can see. Rich is all the way over there. Yeah. Oh, wow. There we go. There nice. We go. <laughs> I like the bar, dude. I didn't see the bar. Oh yeah, this is the bar. This is, well, I'm at. We're at the club. He still oh, thinks you're at your house. Oh man. God, I thought you were at the house. I thought I was yeah. like hyping up this the house studio. I didn't know you were at the club. Nice. No, no, we. I was in the city, and um, I think I, I'm getting feedback from Rich. But here, I'm, I'm going to move in a little bit. Oh, there, Rich just went away. Yeah, I'm at the club, and uh, I was like, oh, let's just set it up and do it this way. way. And the whole thing just fell apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all right though. Um, all right, right, Gary? all right. Yeah, no. Look, this this is this is great. We get to see a little bit of a different, uh, you know, a little bit of a different view here. I mean, we got a bar in the back, and it's like only twelve thirty my time. Like, I'm getting kind of anxious here. I'm like, huh? Do I need oh, to I grab a drink or something? Um, but all right. So you guys are here, and I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I, I love uh, when I get a chance to talk to, to uh, Andrew. Pretty much every. You know, every week we, you know, we do a show. I've done Observer Live. He's come on this show before. So Andrew and I have a, have a pretty cool chemistry here. But we're trying to. Uh, I want. I want. I'm happy to bring Rich into the mix because you know I've talked to Rich a couple of times when I was guesting on Matt Men, and I've met him in person. So really cool. You know, really cool opportunity. But yeah, so I'm just happy to have both of you guys on here, man. So um, let's talk about this stuff like WrestleMania. And Andrew and I talked about this on uh, We're Live, pal. Sort of like the history of this weekend for people. Like Rich, like what? What is, is this? A big week? Uh, you know, growing up as a wrestling fan, obviously, pretty big weekend for you. But like, ha- have you been to WrestleMania events in the past and done the whole, you know, several shows over the weekend before? Uh, first of all, thanks for having us on, by the way. So it, it took a while to get here, but we're here. Um, you know what? Growing up a wrestling fan, I have been to a million shows. I've never done a full live WrestleMania weekend. You know? Really? I feel like it's like, at this point in the game, it's a little bit daunting. Like, from what I've been told, <laughs> Dallas is basically like Olympic Village at this point, where yeah. it's just like <laughs> bodies on top of bodies, and nobody knows where they're going. People are waking up in different beds and different hotel rooms, you know? So it's like kind of gnarly. Yeah. Honestly, it does sound super lazy, but I love just being able to hang out with Andrew and do a couple of podcasts, sit on the couch, order some food, and just like chill out. And you know what? Instead of being in front of, uh, instead of being there with a thousand million screaming people, we get to see the camera work. We get to hear the commentators. We mm-hmm. get to see all that. So I like that's kind of like for stuff like this. This is what I prefer. But if it's like a different show, like an all out, I would prefer to be there. You know. So that means you're coming to Double or Nothing, right? Let's see about that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, now I don't know if you know this news. 
but this this sort of became news yesterday that Andrew and I are hosting the sweet party for Double or Nothing weekend on Saturday night at uh, Cosmo. So that'll be kind of live. You know, I told uh, the big boss, Tony Leader, that Andrew's probably the most perfect person to to do this. So I'm excited uh, to, to, to sort of be by his side in this. But this is his like this is really you know, his kind of path here is, is just marketing and pushing this stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited. So now that, but now that we're, you know, we're, we're doing it. So, you know, it's going to be live. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, that I haven't even, I, I didn't even think about it. I just saw what you sent in the email. I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> let's do it. You know. uh, all right. So um, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that, uh, that has been happening. So I don't know, Andrew, if you know, even knew uh, or have any insight, but, I guess Triple H was at the, uh, I guess there were some tryouts going on this weekend, and he's been a participant. This is coming off of his uh, interview with uh, Stephen A. Smith on Stephen A. Smith's World, where he talked about how, uh, you know, how dire the, the, the situation was with his heart and, and that people didn't really know what was going on uh, and how, and, and really, you know, his job, even if, he, you know, even if he wanted to come back at, at at the same level, he he just literally can't because, you know, his 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 heart will not allow it because of the the issue that he had. So, have you heard anything about you know th- this weekend and his involvement? Uh, nothing other than uh, he spoke to the talent and it was very emotional. Uh, talent had a lot of questions. He obviously addressed a lot of his health issues, but it seemed like it was a very emotional thing. Uh, and then he introduced Nick Khan, and I, I I believe he introduced him as one of his best friends. Wow. One of his closest friends. Yeah, he said, I think, I believe he said he's one of his closest friends. So uh, very interesting stuff, but it looks like, I mean, he's back, but I don't think he's in, he's back in the capacity he was in prior. Right, right. I can't imagine that that he will be. Um, and then uh, there was also, you know, th- this weekend, what's very interesting to me, and I don't know, I kind of wrote about it on the website about, you know, Nick Khan's WWE in that. Not only is this weekend the biggest weekend as far as the the two giant shows that they're going to do uh, in you know at AT and T, but they're also using all of the, um, I guess all, all of the feedback, all of the the promotion behind this show to slip some stories in there. Like, have you guys seen they they announced the showrunners for the United States versus Vince McMahon docu series that they're doing? Um, they also announced uh, a new deal with Fanatics to run the shop, the WWE shop store. So Fanatics, who has just bought all these different licenses, um, now they, I mean, they basically run the sports card industry to an extent. They're going to get the WWE license for sports cards. WWE just started their license with Panini this year. The first box of cards under this Panini license comes out this weekend, and they've already made the next deal. So Panini is kind of like a lame duck. So that is out there. NFTs through Fanatics, uh, through uh, the Fanatics owner's company. Um, And then there was one other thing. Oh, this Vince McMahon fictionalized series, or I guess not him, but he's executive producing with Kevin Dunn, called Pinned, which will be somewhere in the NBC universe. Like, this is a way for them to push stuff out outside of the actual wrestling. Like, this is content that they are building towards that doesn't even have to do with WrestleMania. Like I find that detail to be so fascinating 
Rich, have you been following any of this stuff? Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, we mentioned this on our show yesterday about how, like, I guess it's got to the point where it's so big that WWE needs to start outsourcing what was once their internal processes, you know? And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of interested to see where this is going. Uh, and I want to see what, what that whole Vince thing is, you know? As much, <laughs> as much of a character as that guy is and as much as people can hate or love him, I'm always intrigued to see what Vince projects are, are in the works, you know? It's just like, it's almost like a car wreck where I just want to, I want to, I want to, uh, what do you call it when you're, uh, when you see a car, when you want a rubberneck, right? Yes, it's like yes, rubbernecking yeah. and, and you want to see what's going on, even though maybe it's not in your best interest. It's a little cringy <laughs> probably, but you know, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Uh, by the way, we're getting some some feedback from the live viewers. Uh, Keisaku, who helps us with our NFTs. I mean, he basically runs the show. I just do what he tells me. <laughs> he says, the dream team on Bruise News, love it. And then Mel, who's got a podcast. She's doing a live show on Sunday on Fight Game Media YouTube. She just exclaimed Rich, like very oh, yeah. loudly. So... <laughs> She's a rich fan. Uh, okay, Andrew. So the idea that WrestleMania is not just about the in-ring. like It's not like when UFC has a giant show, Dana White is also going like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm executive producing this TV show that's coming out. Or there's this documentary that we sold to Netflix. Like This is like an extension of what I imagine Vince's big dream was for WWE. F at the time when, you know, think go back to WrestleMania one, it was only about the wrestling. Now it was about the merchandising off of the wrestling. It was the dolls. It was the toys. It was getting all of the, you know, Hogan next to Mr. T and Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter. But it was, it was all a merchandising thing. It was all a pop culture thing. How do we become in the, 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 the minds of like Hollywood, but now, you know, 38 years later, hiring Nick Khan, and I listened to a podcast with a guy by the name of Matthew Bellany, who used to write for the uh, Hollywood Reporter. And he knows Nick, and he's like, you know, I would have never pegged you for this role because I've always seen you as an agent type. And Nick's like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you can talk to anybody, and you can get a meeting with anybody, and everybody knows you, and you know everybody. Like, And so, to me, that's what Vince McMahon always wanted. Now he's got his guy... And this is why also I don't think that they're selling anytime soon because this is this has to be what Vince McMahon always wanted to be. He's got a seat at the table almost everywhere now. Some a lot of it to him, some of it on the backs of Stone Cold and The Rock, but also because of this relationship with Nick Khan. You follow this stuff very closely with Nick Khan. Like what is your overall broad sort of big picture thought about what what they're doing with this stuff? Well, I, I think this is overall the WWE big picture idea, right? This is something that they've always wanted. You just mentioned 38 years they've been wanting this, and they finally found the guy that could help them link up. You know, for years, even though, I mean, they had uh, uh, movie studio, they had a music record album. I mean, they had uh, sitcom pilots. They had all these ideas that never panned out because they didn't have the right guy with the right connections. Uh, you know, wrestling for us has always been mainstream, but for other people, it's it's a subculture. It's something that was shunned uh, for many years on TV. You know, the fact that Vince is getting close to a billion dollars a year in TV rights is unbelievable. You know, that that's something that that's unheard of, especially for a professional wrestling company. So I, I think this is the right guy to get them into that mainstream positioning. And this is something we talk about all the time. You know, WWE is not pro wrestling anymore. They are their own entity. They are a media conglomerate. They're sports entertainment officially. 
you know, they've used that term for years, but now I believe they are. Um, and, and it's just going to continue from here. And Nick is the guy with the connections. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me just where they've come and they're a content machine. Now, you know, they're, they're in the Hollywood reporter, they're in variety, all of their news and their, you know, their PR and the, the, the PR wing is, is been tremendous for them as well because they've had, some very negative things, right? Like there's been a lot of negativity that has happened, but we don't see it as much of late. You know, they've kind of figured out how to, how to stay away from that stuff though. You know, I'm sure there's, we, we don't hear a lot about steroids anymore. I'm sure. Well, some I'll give of that an example. I mean, Garrett, great example, right? When the releases happened, the first names we got was from the New York post when uh, there was a ratings change, let's say for AEW. Right. And it's sports, sports ski or what? I forgot the website. Sports, sports it wasn't sports kid. It was another. It no. was another website, but like a mainstream sports website is mm-hmm. talking about how AEW is suffering in the ratings and the <laughs> NHL isn't doing too well. That's not an article that that came up from a writer. You know, that, that's yeah, a right. phone call mm. that right. said, "Hey, listen, do us a favor, write this story." You know, I don't know if you saw the AEW numbers, but this their PR arm is very deep, uh, as deep as any movie studio or any TV you know uh, network. Yeah, uh, and, and they they've just accelerated everything. I would say having Nick Khan there accelerated that company's trajectory by ten years. All right, as far I as asked, mainstream crossover goes. Well, a couple more things. I'll let you guys go, uh, and I really appreciate you guys doing this. I know it was kind of hard. It, there was some difficulty in, in doing this. Uh, okay, so uh, one, I, I, I'm doing this because we have a. Uh, a Twitter spaces that is happening in a few hours here. And in the Twitter spaces, I'm, I'm going to take predictions from people. So I want one WrestleMania prediction from the both of you as we tease to, to the next show that we're doing here on Twitter spaces. So rich, what's one thing that you think is happening at either of the two nights of WrestleMania? Bray Wyatt. You think he's coming back? I think something's going to happen. Wow. Yeah, that is it. That is very interesting. I'm going I'm going out there for this one. I'm going to say Bray Wyatt. Huh? All right, Andrew, I want your reaction to that prediction. And then I want a prediction from you. As I'm well. going to look like a genius if this comes true. By <laughs> <way>. <laughs> oh, we're, if, well, if, if this I, if this comes true, we're, we're snipping this one out and, uh, yeah. and we're making it its own video. I'm not saying Bray Wyatt. But I, I, I am going to, I mean, is it bold to say that, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Cody is not facing Seth Rollins. How about that? Ooh, wow. Not that I, not that I know that. I'm, I don't know that to be, to be a fact. I'm just saying, man, what a swerve that would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, do, do I need to play Here Comes the Money for you right now? Is that, I mean, is that what I need to no, do? No, man. I want it to be, I want it to be like Goldberg or Ryback. <laughs> the Ryback. You know? That's hilarious. All right. La- last question. And, and you know, uh, there, there is a lot of, um, th- there's a lot of anticipation for this ROH show tonight. And as I told the other guys, the, the news from Tony today is that there's going to be a fun surprise at the end. He already mentioned William Regal is going to be there scouting Wheeler Uter. Oh, I always screw his name up. Wheeler, Utah. Um, what so do you do you have any thoughts, Andrew, about this possible Tony Khan prediction? Because I always expected him. I I have a feeling like he wants to win this weekend as far as like news is concerned. He's not gonna touch WrestleMania. I'm not talking about overdoing WWE, but just the rest of the shoulder programming. I have a feeling he wants to win this weekend when it comes to 
you know, just hype created. What do you have any thoughts on what this prediction, this fun surprise could be? Bray Wyatt, Ring of Honor <laughs> debut. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll go with a safe one. Samoa Joe. That's what I thought too. That, that's the one. That, that's one that I picked. Uh, he, he, it, I mean, it, talk about fan service, right? One of the most beloved ROH guys of all time, and it it tells the ROH fans, okay, you are doing this for us too. I'm sure a lot of ROH fans are AW fans, but it's it's like you know, I'm sure there's going to be some of it where it's like Tony's gonna, you know, he's gonna put his the people he wants to put in those situations. But if you can also play towards the old fans, then uh, then that that'll be I think that, that that'll be the best for for everybody. All right. I want to thank you guys for doing this. I know there was uh, some difficulty. You I know, guys my made it work. Garrett. You got you no know, stuff like that happens, but you guys hustled. Uh, you guys hustled for us here. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna go here. Like I said, we're doing a YouTube. Uh, I'm sorry, we're doing a Twitter Spaces uh, in a few hours here. That'll be archived, so if people want to listen to that. Also, we're coming back to Bruise News, two live Bruise News is after WrestleMania as post game shows. And there's going to be a Power Bombshells live stream as well on Sunday uh, before all the chaos happens on Sunday. And then you guys will be back on uh, on Thursday talking all the stuff that you guys talk about. Uh, talk about chemistry when it comes to, you know, two people uh, radio shows. You guys have great chemistry. And then Andrew and I will be back Wednesday t- or uh, Tuesday on uh, on We're Live Pal. So Lots and lots of crazy stuff going on, and uh, we're going to cover as much as we possibly can. Thanks again to Andrew and Rich, the the Matt Men uh, of Matt Men Podcast. And uh, yeah, so for Andrew, for Rich, also previously for Carlos and Jeremy, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.